Today's episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes socks that are comfortable and look great with a wide variety of options. And for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Go to bombas.com slash today and get 20% off your first order. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Nomi Athlete Radio. Doug, it is, uh, it's that special time of year. It's starting. It is. I saw, I, yesterday I was driving downtown and saw the workers putting up the Christmas wreaths. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, podcast listeners will know, I am always pushing for the earlier start to Christmas season and doing away with this Thanksgiving nonsense and just after Halloween, we just go into the Christmas season. And this is the first year. It seems like a lot of people are on board. Like, I'm not the only one thinking that this year. i think everyone is just uh so ready for something positive right I and mean, that's that's definitely what it is uh i have heard i've even heard radio stations like because there are radio stations now already doing christmas mu- music all, <laughs> all the time several of them. there's one up here in nashville there's one down in greenville uh wow. where i've just happened to find it on the radio and and they have little like uh whatever they're called teasers the little voiceover guy says like we're all ready for a something new than 2020 or something like that. it's like but that's the thing everyone's tired of it um everyone's dying for something new and people are putting up christmas lights already i've heard it's like a real thing people are doing christmas early this year uh because of how it's been so <laughs> I, I don't know I, I mean i don't know if it's if i'd like it that way forever but uh i certainly yeah. don't mind it i think it's I, you know I guess I don't. I guess I don't really mind it either. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking part yet. But right. And I definitely would not turn on a Christmas uh, radio station. <laughs> oh, I I have done that, and I have even started the uh, the Christmas movies. I have done. Okay. <laughs> I've done two nights in a row of, of Whoa, Christmas movies. Whoa, two nights in a row already! Wow. Yeah, I have started. Uh, I didn't last year because why? Last year, people may recall that I was in Spain with my son uh, for like the whole month leading up to Christmas. So I didn't do any Christmas movies last year, and that's one of my favorite parts. Uh, until like the, when I got back, and I think I had a couple days. Uh, mm-hmm. But started early this year. I watched uh, the night before Christmas on Netflix, which is the K N I G H T. So it's about a time traveling knight uh, who comes <laughs> into the future and has Christmas. And uh, it was actually pretty good. It was, it was a really good first one of the year. Uh, is it? Is it a new one? I don't know. It seemed like it was new, but I'm not sure. And actually, you know, at one point, someone writes on a chalkboard in school, and then they write December 2019. So it's fairly new. Okay. Uh, unless they were doing into the future thing, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it was it was a lot like uh, Elf because you know how Elf like comes into the real world and he's or Buddy and he's just like you know lovable, but makes all these mistakes and doesn't know. Right. right the Knight's right. doing exactly the same thing, uh, just just making mistakes in the modern world, and it's funny and it's nice. So anyway, that was a good one. <laughs> and then uh, yesterday I started one called Christmas with a View, which was not nearly as good. But uh, anyway, so here's here's what I heard on one of these radio stations. Hallmark ha- has 40 new movies that are coming out this year for Christmas. I remember, I think what? Hallmark is the channel that did the little Christmas in July week or Christmas in quarantine weekend. Yep. Um, but now they have all these new 40 movies. And so first of all... new movies. Yeah, I know. Uh I, I feel like the Christmas movies thing, like the made-for-TV Christmas movies, is becoming sort of a cultural thing that like everyone loves now. Are you getting that sense? Like, was I super early on embracing these <laughs> these movies, and everyone else is finally <laughs> catching on to that? 
I mean, I don't know. People have always, like, you know, Santa Claus. People have always been into... Uh... I know they've always liked actual Christmas movies, but, but the ones that are made, oh, for, TV made for TV and are really bad, but because they are so little stress in their plots, like, they're just really mm-hmm. nice to watch. I mean, they're all the same. They're all the exact same plot. Right. Well, that's actually what I, what I want to talk about. But uh, well, you know, you know what, you might be right, and and I here's why I would say that's true is because of Netflix and things like that. Because uh, you know, people just want something to else to stream, and so they're watching these, you know, made for Netflix <laughs> or made maybe. for right, made for Hulu movies that um, you know that are that they can that they just don't assume are not going to be nearly as good as like a a box office movie. They're wrong. <laughs> so anyway, this, whether this or not... might be one of my, I, there are a couple of things about you, Matt, that are like <laughs> that I just really, really like, and this is this is this is one of them for sure. <laughs> well, good, glad to hear that because I was early on this back in like 2010, maybe, maybe even 2009, the first year of No Made Athlete. I wrote a post about Holiday and Handcuffs, mm-hmm. uh, which is my uh, was a made for TV. I think it was Hallmark. No, it was I don't know ABC, whatever. Now it's something else, Life Form or something, uh, Free Form maybe. Uh, but anyway, that I that one was I don't know I thought it was charming because it was made for TV and and not really that good but in in that, in its way very good. So anyway, people have caught onto that idea and whether or not I started it doesn't really matter I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll know the truth. But anyway, the uh, what I heard on the radio was this thing about these these uh, forty new movies. Apparently, there's an article. It's, it's on Refinery29.com, which I had never heard of before, but I just googled and found it. Uh, and the headline is there are forty new Hallmark holiday movies and only 12 hallmark holiday movie plots and <laughs> so it's 12 but on the radio they what they said was it's only three that have like over half of the of the shows i think um whoa and the big three if i can remember them correct i have the whole list in front of me here but the big ones um were go home for a reunion and meet a childhood sweetheart so you like uh-huh. go back and have your family and you fall in love again um sure. opposites attract which mm-hmm. was like the uh, like I think very often the the corporate uh, person and like the small town sort of artist and they they fall in love, uh, and then a single parent finds love in Christmas. So that's that's the th- those are the three big ones. Like one of them had seven of these movies about it. One had six, but then the the rest of the list is uh, is rediscovering a passion for music, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, a okay. royal Christmas, of course, that's a big one uh, yep. with Netflix doing that thing. Holiday time travel is a big one, and th- this does not even have the night before Christmas on it that I just mentioned. Wow! Because uh, that wasn't Hallmark; that was Netflix. So there are two holiday time travel movies from Hallmark this year, uh, both of which I'm very eager to watch. Uh, Opposites attracting, I mentioned, of course. Single parent finding love, uh, heading home for the holidays. That's the childhood. Oh, heading home for the holidays. Sorry, is not, is not the same as the childhood sweetheart. Those are different themes. Traveling okay. out of town for the holidays. Falling for a handsome local, usually a fireman. This is a this is a classic <laughs> plot of Christmas movies. Usually a fireman. <laughs> which you know what fits this is uh is desperately seeking Santa, which is like my one of my number two. Oh yeah, okay. Uh huh. There's the, the handsome like uh, guy who comes in and does the part of sexy Santa in the mall. Anyway, holiday. This is good. I didn't see this one, but Hallmark movies about evil corporations threatening small business. Again, that's what desperately seeking Santa is, and uh-huh. so many of these. Uh, Christmas weddings don't really care about that. But but then the in the evil corporation the you know one of the shop owners has to fall in love with one of the yeah cool, right. So yeah. A lot of, I think a lot of these these same twelve things happen like multiple yeah. <laughs> and then finally uh, movies about journalism but during Christmas. 
which is I don't like none come to mind like as like that's that I remember, but certainly I've seen that theme a lot of times, and it's just funny. Like, why would why would journalism be you oh, like like, the, like, uh, like where you go write a book? You know, you go to England to write a book, and yeah, or a, or a blog or like that the uh, the Netflix one that everyone loved. The, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. The, with the night one, in right? Aldovia, not mm-hmm. the night, but the Christmas Prince, I think it's called. The Prince, yeah, Prince. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just think Royalty. I think it is wonderful that this is all happening. That, that is pretty funny. Other people are analyzing it and writing blog posts about it. Uh, and also, Hallmark is releasing two wines to go with the movies this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. You know what? You know what's impressive is they must have started planning this like well in advance because they haven't been filming that much. Right. You know, per movie this year. So like this would this would have been in 2018, 2019. They were like 2020 is going to be the year. Right. Just we're going to greenlight every single holiday movie. Well, they then they they, you know, stumbled onto a, a gold mine basically because they maybe they maybe they're behind the the COVID uh, thing. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe they sort of had a hand in this because uh, it's certainly going to benefit them if they were betting big on holiday movies. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I think I think it's all wonderful, good news. Well, I, I like it. I think it's good. Um, Katie has already. Uh, has already tried to convince me to watch a couple, but I have not gone that route yet. Um, she, they popped up on Netflix, you know, cause now on Netflix, like when you open up Netflix, like things just start playing. <laughs> have you noticed that? <laughs> like those it's trailer like things. Yeah. yeah. Like little trailers. That's yeah. annoying. I don't like and that. It, and it's all the, uh, it's all the holiday stuff right now. And so she's mm. like, Oh my gosh, we got to watch this. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to go to bed. Cause we have a mm-hmm. six week old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do have some new ones. They're always they always they have a lot of like MA rated ones. I don't know if the MA rating means it just didn't really they didn't bother to get a rating on it, and so they just do that to be safe. Uh, hmm. But many of them are sort of off off the docket for me with my kids. But um, speaking of, I know we have a great episode today, and we're already we a lot of minutes into this. Um, you know, so stick around. But but while we're on the topic of watching things, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for like two weeks now, but. Uh, I've been holding off until we did an episode because I wanted to talk about it on here. Have you watched the the Queen's Gambit? No, but I've just been intrigued by it recently because someone recommended two people have recommended it to me. Okay, I, you know I would I would give it like a seven out of ten. It wasn't like the best the best mm-hmm. show ever, but okay. you know it's about this chess prodigy, this young female, female chess right. chess prodigy, um, and it you and I have, you and I played some chess. Mm-hmm. We, we have played chess many times uh, yeah. and i think you i think maybe i've never won <laughs> probably never i don't won. know if that's true but i've definitely yeah. won the majority of them yeah yeah i mean you i would say eight out of ten at 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 mm-hmm. best or right. at whatever at right. most i've gotten 20 percent. um but you know you have spent some time like studying chess philosophy and chess strategy um, and there was a lot of that in this show. You didn't really learn that much about chess strategy, but you, you know, she was just deep into it and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and studying the game and studying how it works. And, uh, and it got me really excited to, to do that. So, oh, yeah? um, yeah. So now I think, I think maybe over the holidays I, I will, uh, you know, if, as I find some time, I'm going to, I'm going to start studying a little chess, wow. chess and then, and Where then we're going to play and I'm going to, it's mm. going to be a different, a different game. I like it. Well, I think I mean I this this whole uh, lockdown thing for me like the big theme of it has been learning things and and using apps to learn things and I've just realized I was just thinking the other day about chess 
And I was like, I, there's probably a lot more ways to learn chess than I ever, that I think of. Because I think of opening up a book and like doing the mm-hmm. positions on your board. And it's a very, very slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we were both chess.com members for a while, weren't we, Doug? Yeah, yeah, we played, I think. Yeah, we were free oh. members. But I had a little paid membership and you could get these tactics puzzles given and you could mm-hmm. do a whole, you, I mean, it'd be like flashcards where you, you just go through, you know, hundreds of them and your, your little points go up and down as you get them right or wrong. Um, but anyway, I think, I think there probably is a whole lot of uh, a new way of training chess that is that is yeah i mean but there's apps that like teach you you know just like interactive teaching instead of just like reading the you know play-by-play of famous games right yeah Mm. good well get on it i'd I'd be curious to hear what you what you learned about what you learned all right wouldn't wouldn't mind checking that out as well (laughs) yeah you should watch the show i mean it, it was good there was you know there really wasn't i mean it was chess was the theme there wasn't a lot of like actual chess action. in there action in there <laughs> <Not> <laughs> but like, it was kind not of like real it, chess which is packed full of action <laughs> but it made me uh it made me kind of long for a day when people really cared about about chess and things like that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i think yeah. those days are done yeah no i mean so it was set in the cold war era and, and that made, you know it was like kind of cool okay. it's like oh wow this is a this would be kind of cool if there was that type of hype around a, an intelligence game like that right all right. Well, um, I guess Doug, we should get to our real topic of the day. But uh, yeah, first, but first, let's take a second to thank our sponsor. All right, let's do that. Actually, as we're as we're thanking our sponsor here, I I wasn't gonna do this, but now I kind of feel like I need to. Um, <laughs> uh, Eliza and I have a song for every time I put on. This episode is brought to you by Bombas. This episode of Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bombas, which is my favorite sock at the moment. And every time I put one on, uh, Eliza and I start breaking out in song. Wow. Because let's put my Bombas on, Bombas on, Bombas on, Bombas on. <laughs> let's put my Bombas on, Bombas on, Bombas on, Bombas on. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the song. And then it gets nice. Bombas, my favorite sock. Very nice. No, uh, no. No trademark, copyright infringement whatsoever. Yeah, it's very possible Just we're going to get fully it. fully original song. <laughs> well, anyway, that's good. Hey, not many socks have a song about them, so... Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so this episode is brought to you by Bombas, which are my favorite socks. The different colors and styles of Bombas include socks for, for performance, like running, dress socks, and even fun holiday socks, Matt, which I know Ooh. you will love. Uh, yeah. They're even backed up for life so if you're not happy with it you can get a full refund or exchange for life yes i love the bombas uh you know i have only still the three pair of bombas but they uh like like we were saying they're the first three that i wear when they come out of the laundry and then uh they're holding up really nice i mean I, they, they get used every time and they uh they hold up very nicely and love the i like the uh the half calf height is that i don't know what the name mm. of it is but the one that goes halfway up your calf that's, that's the height that i think is cool it makes you feel young Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for every pair you buy from Bobas, they also donate a pair to someone experiencing homelessness across the U.S., which is awesome. Today, they've given over 40 million pairs of socks. That's right. From comfort to kindness and everything in between, Bombas aren't just giveable, they are made to give. Go to bombas.com slash no meat today and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash no meat for 20% off. All right, so today, Doug, we are talking about uh, really what is a huge topic in the plant-based nutrition world, uh, and one that we have mostly ignored on Nomad Athlete for 11 years. 
uh, and that is soy. So why do we ignore soy? I, the only reason I've really ignored it, I think, is basically, you know, it, it, it seems like everyone says, well, soy is bad for you. There's just the assumption that soy is bad. It's, it's just common knowledge. Soy, you shouldn't have too much soy because it's bad. Uh, and there was never, I don't know, in my, in my experience, there was never too much reason why it was bad. I know there was always the estrogen thing. There was the thought talk of man boobs. There was breast cancer. Just these things that soy might do to you. Um, but it, you know, it was always for me. I, I I heard that stuff, and then I looked it up, and I listened to Dr. Gregor talk about it. I listened to Dr. Furman talk about it, and basically, I came to the conclusion that all this controversy isn't isn't really like as long as I'm not eating only soy, um, mm-hmm. then this doesn't really matter that much to me. I'm still going to have tofu once a week or however often we have it. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's, I think that's, that has been fine. Um, yeah, yeah. I've always, it's been a, it's been an interesting topic because so many people do say that, you know, especially, uh, non vegans, but I mean, really, you know, a lot of vegans think that too, that, that soy is just not something you should be eating a lot of, but also, you know, when you think about where soy is consumed the most and in certain Asian countries, you know, those are often some of the healthiest countries. And so I've always kind of wrestled with this, um, you know, this idea that, that soy is bad for you, uh, and you shouldn't eat it, but, you know, but it also might not be bad for you. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's been always this little gray area. So like you, I have, (laughs) excuse me, I have, uh, I've often kind of just, I mean, I can consume soy every week, multiple times a week, but, uh, you know, but I'll, you know, I'll choose almond milk instead of soy milk because for some reason it feels like I should do that. And, um, you know, Maybe not always have tempeh. I'm not always have tofu and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's that's how we've been. Um, you know, have it have it. I'd say probably once a week is is a good average that we've done. But on the on the weeks where for whatever reason, because it is a fairly convenient thing to make for whatever, like throwing tofu, chopping it up, or you know, you can you can press it or not in a press. Um, but in the now that I have an air fryer, we just chop it into cubes and put it in there. And it's, I mean, it's a simple thing and then make a little peanut sauce or something, put it over rice. And like, we have a very easy dinner in, in tofu. Uh, so like there are times when for convenience, I'll have it three times in a week. And then I start thinking, oh man, we're having too much soy. This isn't, this probably isn't good. Um, so I finally said like, look, we we need to like, I need to actually understand this rather than just keep saying, well, people I trust say it's okay. Uh, and people who I don't trust all that much tell me it's not okay and then i just say well i guess i'll just have it in moderation which is not i mean it's not a horrible approach it is if you don't feel like doing research on something but you also don't want to like be extreme and say well i'm not having any of that controversial food because someone somewhere said it's bad uh just limit it like that's you know yeah most of these foods have been eaten for mostly the foods that are eaten these days that aren't totally processed foods um have been eaten for hundreds or thousands of years uh, you, most things aren't going to to kill you if you just have them every now and then. So right. it's it's not a terrible uh, way to do things. But I wanted to like just understand it a little bit better. Um, so set to work on doing some research and uh, wrote a blog post about it, which we published alongside this episode. Um, so today we'll just talk a little bit about that. Uh, I guess the first of all, the conclusion, in case you want to skip the rest of the episode, is <laughs> it, it really is fine um, and. Moderation, there might not be a need to moderate it except for the need that there is to moderate any food because if you're eating any one food that much, it means you're not eating other foods, uh, which means you're kind of putting all your all your eggs in one basket nutritionally. So you're, you're getting one bundle of nutrients uh, rather than kind of mixing it around. So um, 
I do think you should, you should, Dr. Furman, who one of my kind of go-to sources for a lot of this stuff, I think he said two to four servings per week uh, would be a reasonable amount. And again, he's, I don't think he's really talking about the isoflavones, these phytoestrogens that kind of are behind all the controversy, and we can get into that for sure. Um, I don't think he's talking so much about that as much as the, like, you want to be eating other foods too, so don't eat, you know, just like you shouldn't eat black beans 10 times a week, you shouldn't eat soy 10 times a week, right? It's just like, have it a little bit so that you can also have black beans, so that you can also have different foods. Right. Uh, so that's the point. That is the conclusion. Um, I guess, like, first of all, like, why why is there so much conflict behind this? Uh, like I said, it, soy contains these these isoflavones that are a class of phytoestrogens. Um, and what that means is there are these things that act like estrogen in the body, but they also act in some ways like anti-estrogens. They're not the same as estrogen. So very often these phytoestrogens will have an estrogen, a weak estrogen-like effect, uh, or sometimes an anti-estrogen effect. Um, and that is because Dr. Greger says that they're like a, a selective, uh, I don't know what the, what the word is, but they're, they're, it's selective in a way that your body kind of knows what to do. It like, it seems to block it in, in the bad ways and it sort of lets it do the good thing. So like you get some of the benefits of things like bone protection, um, which estrogen is known to make bone stronger. You still get that from phytoestrogens. Um, and it turns out that things like the breast cancer risk, whereas if you were having you know, a huge amount of actual estrogen going into your body, then yes, it would do things like, you know, potentially uh, cause these these sort of hormonally sensitive cancers like breast cancer or prostate cancer that soy has been blamed for, um, you know, when, when it was thought that this was just like estrogen. But turns out it's not. Uh, and so much of the early research that was done on soy that kind of gave us this idea that that soy, you know, does increase the risk for breast cancer, that was done on rodents. Uh, but... It turns out rodents metabolize isoflavones differently than the way humans do. And in humans, it turns out that the most recent studies have shown that either it's actually slightly protective against breast cancer uh, or it has no effect at all. So, you know, that that whole thing is probably not true. And then even, even they're talking about like for people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer or prostate cancer before, uh, it was it was kind of thought that well even if it doesn't cause it those people should still avoid it because it's still uh you know anything you're messing with hormones you would want to avoid it turns out that even that is is now considered safe um and and like a lot of the sites said things like you know to consume a moderate amount of soy is considered totally safe for these people some some research doesn't even say moderate amount just says soy is safe uh potentially even helpful and protective so you know the the more i dug i just did not find anything that that would let you Think or would make you think, uh, you know, that that soy is dangerous in some way. But so that's that's encouraging. That's 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 very right. good. And to me, you know, if it's neutral, then that uh, that doesn't mean. I mean, obviously, like you were talking about avoiding eating too much of any single food, just so you can have variety and be getting a bunch, you know, different nutrients that way. But um, you know, just because it's uh, it's not necessarily good if it's just neutral, then um, you know, to me, like that's not something you need to avoid, except for overeating it. But what about what about for men? I mean, uh, you know, so does it cause me a boob? Because I have heard that so many times, and, <laughs> right. and sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe maybe I should eat less soy. <laughs> right. uh, well, I mean, so I, I, man boobs to me are always something that you got if you were overweight or fat, right? Like that's that's what. So like, I think it's possible that if you were eating a big junk food diet and lots of fried tofu and things like that was part of your junk food diet, then someone could say, well, I'm getting man boobs and they're from the soy. Um, but that's not, that's not the case that actually caused this. What, what actually made this 
controversy began. According to Dr. Berman, um, is was literally a single case, and then I read another one that there was some other one. Uh, but but it's the one that Furman mentioned is a single man experienced breast swelling, but it turned out he had consumed three quarts of soy milk every single day for six months straight. Whoa! Uh, which is which is so much. And then when he stopped doing it, it it made the man boobs go away. So clearly the soy was part of that, unless it was just the sheer amount of calories that he was taking in, in addition to you know the solid food he was eating. Uh, uh-huh. But anyway, when he when he stopped doing that. Uh, the problem resolved. And any uh, research on soy, modern, new research on soy, it shows no significant effect on soy consumption, of soy consumption on testosterone or estrogen levels, sperm count, or male fertility in general. That's good. It is good. So, I mean, <laughs> again, reasonable amount. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you take in that much, then you will be taking in huge amounts of these isoflavones. And like, yes, I guess that that could start to turn a weak estrogenic effect into a strong one if you're eating that much. Uh, but like anything that is studied on like normal amounts of foods and, and normal could mean, you know, even a couple times a day. Like this isn't like, uh, right. it's, I'm not just saying like once a month or twice a month. Like this is like a couple times a week. And, and some of these things said one to two times a day was considered. The American Institute for Cancer Research considers one to two servings of, of whole soy and whole includes things like tofu, which is somewhat processed, but still considered whole by them, uh, per day. So, like, it, this is not a small amount we're talking about that, that uh, you know, you, you can get and not have any of these negative effects. So, so we talk, you know, we've, we talk a lot about on, on the podcast uh, beans and the nutrient, nu- nutrient profile of beans and how they're good for you. They're one of Gregor's G-bombs. They're one of your some foods. Ferman's G-bombs. G-bombs. One of your... Gregor's Daily Dozen, one of your seven foods to eat every day. Um, Fraser's seven. Fraser's seven. Um, Yeah, I mean, beans, like every, like beans are good for you, right? They're they're really good for you. Where does uh, soybean fall in the, like, in the bean category, in the hierarchy of beans? As far as I know, it is, it is right there with, I mean, I've seen people talk about which beans are the best. And the answer I've seen is that chickpeas are the best, I think. Uh, I don't know if there are others that are... I think red lentils, maybe. Yeah, I think it's red lentils and chickpeas are considered the two, but by a few people. And this is... I'm sure someone else thinks differently. Um, but from from what I've heard and read, never has anyone distinguished saying that soy is somehow uh, different in Inferior its, in its yeah. right, fiber composition. Or In fact, soy, is, if, if, you, if you're after protein, uh, soy is usually the highest protein uh, of bean sources that you will see. Uh, so, like, that's good. Now, remember, the tofu and tempeh, like, these are, as I mentioned process they're they're not a lot of processing uh it's nothing unnatural it's very you know ancient process uh but that does remove some of the fiber and some of the nutrition of beans um but dr gregor who i'm a big fan of and he has a lot of little like useful one-liner things he says that uh he considers tofu to be about half as healthy as the whole bean would be and he says but whole beans are so healthy that even half of that is still a food that is is one of the healthier foods you'll be eating so he's all for eating uh tofu and tempeh is even less processed than tofu. That's why you can see the whole beans in the in the tempeh. Mm-hmm. So, and then, of course, whole whole soybeans is edamame, which <coughs> you know, <coughs> excuse yes. me, which and, is a common food that is delicious. Yeah, and actually, what I didn't know, I was thought edamame must be just the Japanese word for soybeans, but it is not. It is actually the word for that style of preparing soybeans. So when you when you steam them in their pod, that is considered edamame. But you can't get like a can of soybeans, right? You can definitely get like frozen soybeans, and they'll be out of their pod, and you just get a bunch of green 
Soybeans. Can you get a Good. can of can of beans? Yeah. Uh, I've never seen that, and I don't know why. I bet you so can. hold on. I so back you... up. Okay. So like, if I get frozen edamame that's out of the shell, I think it says edamame on the package. We get that fertilized all the time because she loves it. Right. It says edamame. But it's not actually edamame, or it is because it's been steamed and then frozen. That's I, according to the definition I read of edamame. My guess is it would have been steamed in the pods, and then uh-huh. then they shelled it. But who really knows? I don't know. Uh-huh. Could be the Whole Foods is just calling it, or the company is just calling it edamame, like you did. Who knows? We, we so Eliza. Side note: Eliza eats shelled edamame a couple times a week. Just she'll just like spoon it and uh, and loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's frozen that we just warm up, and then for like special treats. And she gets really excited about this. We give her the shelled version, and then she gets bored for it. <laughs> it's the same thing. She thinks it's like something special, so we can bribe her with shell with with uh, edamame in the shell. It's like a <laughs> special food. So you were clearly not not uh, not afraid of soy. I mean, giving it to to a young daughter. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, it was like you know, she has she has beans with every dinner, right? She has either and it's either black beans or chickpeas or. Uh, sometimes red beans and then uh, edamame. So it's it's usually chickpea, black bean, or, or edamame that she has the one rotation throughout the week. Good. So I think that's mm. that's the way we've always been. We're like we we have soy among the other beans. It's never been the primary thing we eat. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that's a great way to do it. And in fact, I think I think we could both of us I think, could safely consume more soy and be totally you know fine. Uh, but why? I mean, there's so many other foods. There's really no reason. Um, right. You did mention, though, you mentioned beans in general, and that's another good thing to remember. Like, I think it's easy to forget that soy is a bean. It, like, it's in, it, when it's soybean oil, when it's textured vegetable protein, when it's soy protein isolate, it's it's in so many things that I think if you ask, like, a person on the street, what is soy? And if you had asked me, like, before I was vegetarian, what is soy? I don't know if I would have said bean right away. Maybe I would have remembered the word soybean oil and said, okay, it's probably a bean. Um, but people aren't used to, th- and even edamame is not called soybean. It's just called edamame. Right. Right. So I don't think people, like, I think once people realize it is a bean and beans are super healthy, I think that starts to just be a somewhat more reason why you should start to look at it as a health food rather than a food to avoid. Um, beans in general are high in fiber, and fiber in general is known to protect against cancer. So, uh, you know, there whether or not there are specific uh, prostate cancer and breast cancer uh, protections offered by soy, uh, they, they are beans, and beans in general protective against cancer. The American Institute for Cancer Research... I am fond of quoting says that we should eat beans in every single meal. Um, so it's like they're, I don't know. It's, it, they're one of the healthiest food you can eat and soy is one of them. So I think it's, it's something that is good to go. Um, one thing I have not mentioned, but we should mention, cause there are a lot of, of athletes who listen to this show. Um, <laughs> it is no athlete right here. <laughs> yep. Um, is the IGF one issue, which I have talked about before. And this, I don't know if this is unique to protein powder. I think it's just that soy protein powder is such a concentrated source of soy protein because you're removing everything that's not protein from it, um, that there was some concern, I don't know, maybe 2015, 2016, I wrote, wrote or talked a little bit about this. Um, the idea that that soy protein, because it is the most complete, meaning basically that it has the, the, the nine essential amino acids, but is the one that is most like animal protein in its completeness, um, there was concern that it would have... These, and I don't, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but like complete protein, animal protein especially, um, is linked to elevated levels of IGF-1, which is a hormone called insulin-like growth factor 1, um, and it is a hormone that causes growth. 
Uh, and when your body, you know, it doesn't need it, when, when your growth, when you're not in a growth phase anymore, um, that, that extra growth hormone is linked to cancer, linked to growth of cancerous tumors. Um, and so that, so the, the concern was when, when we get away from these animal proteins and one of the benefits being a decreased risk of some cancers, um, are, are we, are, are we just undoing the good we're doing by, by again, now supplementing, putting protein back into our diets in the form of soy protein, again, getting this complete protein, uh, and, and raising that IGF one levels. And it turns out that yes, soy does, soy protein powder does stimulate IGF one does you know, I guess do the first step of raising the level of IGF-1 in your blood. Uh, however, it also tends to create these soy or these IGF binding proteins, which tend to kind of neutralize it. So the, so the message then, um, somehow the, the signal that goes to your, to your liver that would say produce all this stuff that gets, that gets bound and you end up not having this, these increased levels of IGF-1. Uh, so in that way it is safe and, and plant proteins are, are thought to be safe. And that's one of the reasons plant proteins, um, you know, are, are considered in, in the world that we live in anyway, um, safer than animal proteins. Uh, this is just one example, Doug, of um, a topic people, should, I mean, actually go read the blog post that I wrote. Um, it's, it's at athlete.com slash is soy bad for you? And those are, have dashes in between them. Probably if you Google athlete soy, you will find it. Uh, but the reason to do that is because, like I said, I wrote this blog post this week. I'm not an expert on these topics other than, you know, having researched it. Uh, and written a blog post on it. So there are lots of links in the blog post that go out to the sources that I am talking about here. Um, not to mention, you know, when I'm writing a blog post, I can think about the words I'm writing. And if I don't say it right, I can look up a word or change whatever. So like, it's, <laughs> it's more informative for a scientific sort of topic like this. Uh, yeah. where, no, usually no way not the radio, we stick to, uh, we stick to the non-scientific, uh, which I think is a nice way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Well, well, this is good. I mean, it definitely, you know, like I said, I, I've never avoided soy completely or anything like that, but I think, uh, this puts, uh, some of my, um, worries at, at bay and, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go fire up the, the tofu scramble. <laughs> fire up the old tofu machine. <laughs> good. All right. Um, yeah. Anything else, Doug? Anything else about soy? By the way, this is not saying that we should go eat, uh, deep fried soy curry right it's the deep fried tofu like it's, it's delicious and also i have we i mean this i should have mentioned this at the very beginning because i did mention this at the beginning of the blog post um there's none of this is to say that processed soy is a good food that that these i don't think the beyond burgers and beyond sausages i think they don't use soy is that correct doug that's right it's I p think? i think it's p right it's amazing by the way that these are gluten-free and soy-free that it's such a, a food that like you'd think we must have to, you know, pull out all the big guns to make something that is so meat-like. Surely we must use a lot of gluten and soy in there, but apparently they're not at all. Um, but there are plenty of plant-based meat substitutes and plant-based cheese substitutes and plant-based milks, all kinds of stuff um, that that are made from soy. soy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I don't think soy milk is all that much that processing. I think that's it's probably water and and some remnant from the tofu making process. Uh, but uh, none of this is to say that process like highly processed soy foods are healthy. Um, but the, I guess the, the catch here is like the reason they're not healthy isn't that they're soy because it turns mm -hmm. out that people think that, uh, that they assume that like, well, this, this estrogenic like effects that must be much greater in the processed forms of soy. And it turns out they're actually not in many of these processed forms of soy. Uh, you get like an 80 or 90% reduction in the isoflavones, uh, just because the mm -hmm. processing removes them. So 
there, there's nothing about the processing that makes that activity worse. And in fact, it makes it better, but it's not even talking about better because it's not even really dangerous. Um, but the processing of food in general is the thing that's bad. So that means, you know, even if it was, if it was processed textured vegetable protein that was made from black beans or chickpeas, that's still not going to be good for you. Just like textured vegetable protein made from soybeans isn't good for you. Um, you know, same if vegan hot dogs made out of, of chickpeas, chickpea protein is, is not any better than vegan hot dogs made out of soy protein, but they're still made out of processed stuff. So they're not good for you. So, so the point here I just want to make is like, none of this is licensed to go around eating all these fake soy things and saying, soy is good for me. I'm going to do that. Uh, we're talking here about minimally processed forms, uh, tofu, tempeh, I think soy milk. Um, and of course, edamame or the whole beans, but, uh, but not, not these high tech, uh, you know, meat replacements. Which I think is a general general good rule for all types of foods what the, the less processed it is the oh, healthier it is yeah totally right that, that and that's why these foods aren't right it has nothing to do with the fact that the soy it has it has everything to do with the fact that the more processed the food is the mm-hmm. less good for you it is yeah, or deep frying you know you can take broccoli deep and deep fry it and it's yeah right. <laughs> all right good awesome well good to chat matt thanks for listening you everybody too, and uh we'll see you next week sounds good bye everyone